I'm, I feel bad that we're because he's not here to have any I sort know, of rebuttal. Cat and I talk about that a lot. We're like we we do these interviews and we really like the person, and then we're we don't want to be like slamming on him. Apart, just pick it apart. <laughs> I, know, like, oh, I know. I know. Hey guys, I'm Lana Turner, and this is the Perfect Ten Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us, and I'm so excited to be sitting here across from somebody who I'm a huge fan of that I've never got to meet. Here we are, Lana. <laughs> Jackie Kershawn. It's Did Cation. I say it right? It's Cation. Did I say it right? Because then yeah. I don't sound like a good fan. Right. You sound like a, just an okay fan, but just, I don't care. You can ethnic mind. But everybody. Cation, like vacation. Everybody. Messes my, up your name, I'm sure. Two of my siblings pronounce it differently. <laughs> so you're not alone. You've okay, chosen good. wisely. Good. <laughs> to just go with something weird and ethnic. Well, how, is it not ethnic? It's Armenian. It's Armenian. Okay. Well, it, it is, is Armenian. Ethnic, but you so, don't pronounce it ethnically. No, because my dad just said it's Cation like vacation. And because uh, he was built busy melting, he was melting, and he didn't wish to not melt into the melting pot. And so, if you want to make it all weird and, and ethnic, you're in Hollywood. Can you Jew it up? I can arm, I can armo it up. That would uh, work too, right? Right. The uh, <laughs> it's uh, if I were Jewish, I would definitely Jew it up. I would I would glad hand my way around to all of I and I do I I do whatever glad handing I can do with the Armenians. <laughs> but I'm a Wisconsin Armenian, so it's a very very different thing. Because everyone's the first question is, is do you speak Armenian? And I'm like, no, I can do church and food. Did you want me to make you some latmajun? Were you the Armini, Armenian in Wisconsin? That's hard to say that if you there's, say that three times fast. There's like a thousand Armenians. Yeah. I mean, there was there were two churches. There were we there are two churches in Milwaukee, and um and we went to the one in our small town. There were a couple hundred, you know, probably three to five hundred Armenians in the town of twenty two thousand people. So we were stacked like cordwood as far as, you know, my father was always like, my father is hilarious and likes to make uh, racist comments because he's hilarious. <laughs> and uh, that, Racism is funny no matter what race it's coming out of. doesn't matter. It's yeah. just so funny. And I remember he's, he's, my father is genuinely just a button pusher. He doesn't care. He doesn't care enough about other people to actually be racist. It's not any. It's not that he doesn't. He just wants to see your reaction to his racist yes, comments. Yes, that's that, the best. You have a. That's a three pointer. You well, nailed it. And then you can also gauge if someone else is racist based on their reaction to your racism. Right, and then my dad knows not to hang out with them. Right, if someone is actually full of hate, because <laughs> my fa- my father doesn't believe in any sort of strong emotions, and uh, and so as the father of six, it's an interesting life choice because uh, you'd think he'd be surrounded by strong emotions. And he's constantly like, I just want to be in a good mood. Why can't we all just be in a good mood? <laughs> Every day's a holiday. Every meal's a feast. And uh, you're like, that is actually factually incorrect, Father. And uh, I love my dad, mostly so that other people don't. But um, they have to. And uh, but the thing is, he, he, I remember he would, he would button push and he would say things like, uh, dictatorships keep people busy. You know, which um, he just was trying to teach us how to do arguments, right? He would just, you have to learn how to argue. You have to learn how to sell your So you would grow up in the... like a loud home where it's like yeah. a lot of, yeah. We would sit at the table and you, everyone would get two minutes to get his attention. Oh, that's hilarious. For dinner. And, uh, and if it didn't, he'd be like, next. So you grew up basically performing and trying to like oh, to get an audience. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it was very much. It's why I talk so fast. It's you have to get I'm it like, in. I got I got uh, I got ten minutes of material. I got to get into two minutes in the hopes that you can laugh about it later. I got the rest of my life ahead of me. <laughs> so let's do this. 
That's oh, awesome. So, <laughs> I have been talking, by the way, for the last three minutes. Hi, how's that, it going? That's okay. <laughs> that's great. Keep on coming. No, so you moved from Wisconsin to Los Angeles. From Minneapolis, really. I'm a Minneapolis comic. So I started in Wisconsin, but I moved to Minneapolis. Um, I count the 80s as one year. And then in 1990, I moved to Minneapolis to do stand-up sort of as a permanent you know, I knew that I wanted to do it forever. You know, it was like heroin. I assume that you know that that is something you will do. Until Once you, you start, you can't stop. Yeah. Yeah. It's an addiction. And yeah. uh, but so in 90, I moved to Minneapolis and then I moved to L.A. in 97. And because I did like the second year of the HBO Comedy Festival when it was kind of a big deal, but it was before a lot of sort of Hollywood haircuts took it over mm. where they were like, well, you got to get my, uh, you got to get my kid in. You got to, you know, like when, sort of like when, when industry managers and agents, uh, something is fun. You know this, something mm. is fun. And then managers and agents say, oh, I want to go to that. <laughs> and here's my, oh, no. here's my, here's my young star that you may enjoy or my, here's my, uh, aging star that you may enjoy uh and so then it gets it isn't so much a new talent that nobody knows about it's everybody from la just relocating to aspen colorado right and so i was there the year before that sort of took over and um but i still met all of those hollywood people who had come all those managers and agents were like Oh, because they 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 just went on on like a foraging exposition to see. Oh, should I bring fancy people here next year? Yes, you should. So, and they all met me, and they were like, "You should move to L.A." Like people always say that right. you should move to L.A. We're holding uh, your your rich and famous contract for you. Right, it's over just right on, there. Uh, right, it's on Melrose and Vine. Just go <laughs> pick it up. And <laughs> so I moved here. I think in '97, and uh, it's all a blur. I was very drunk at the time. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, that's and and I and I lived with a friend of mine in her studio apartment in Studio City, and for three years we lived together in a studio apartment. Oh, that's it was nuts. very cheap, and uh, but and it was good because I was on the road a fair amount of time, and right. she also got a writing job in Austin one year, so it was really probably a year and a half, and then eventually she gave me an OXO set and said, "You got to get your own apartment because we're in our thirties now." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. How about you? When did you move here? Oh, God, I don't even remember the year. It's been probably 15 years. But I love my moving to L.A. story because I, um, I had my roommate and best friend at the time in Houston, where I'm from, um, had a, we had a fire in our apartment. She accidentally caught the thing on fire. And most of <laughs> my so stuff. Sorry. No one was hurt, right? No one was hurt. There you go. I get to laugh. <laughs> she, yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's, it was it was hilarious at the time. We thought it was funny. She didn't, but I. I right. But right. it made it easy to fire. move because I, most of my stuff got destroyed. Because all the smoke got in my bed and my bedding and everything. So I had yeah. nothing to move except a little bit of stuff. Threw it in right. my car, which is awesome. Couple of boxes, starting yeah. over. It's starting over. And I was planning on moving anyway, so that was just the end of it, right? I left Houston in a blaze, got in the car, drove for like, what, two and a half days to get right. out here? And then I was so excited. You know, when you enter into L.A. and you come in and you see the city. And yeah. just like, you get this sort of Did buzz. Did you come at night? I came at no. night. I arrived during the day, oh. and I didn't hit traffic, so I'm just cruising into town. And I'm just, you know, you get butterflies, and you're super excited. And I, I pulled over. Because it's so huge. 
Well, the first time you see it. You're, well, I mean, I'd been to L.A. once before. I'd flown out, but I hadn't done the drive. Right, me And too. I was so excited. I'm like, I'm going to take this town by storm. I'm really, like, optimistic. <laughs> and I pull over into, the, we lived off Gardner and Sunset. Like, in the time, it was really, like, a lot of prostitutes and homeless Pre- people. Pre-gentrification. Yes. And I pulled into the parking lot back there. Again, I opened the door, and I about stepped right on a used condom. So oh, I was like, welcome go. to Hollywood. Welcome to Hollywood. <laughs> and that exciting. was my first welcoming here. Congratulations. So. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. You know, I tried to move to New York in 1989, and I ended up hating that song, that Sinatra song, because uh, New York in 1989, to do stand-up in 1989, it was, it was sort of... You know, people always talk about the boom and the lag and the boom and the lag. And this was in a very much of a lag time. And so I could not get on stage. And there was like, no, you have to bring 10 people. Oh. And I was like, well, I don't, you know, don't know 10, 10 people. people. <laughs> I know two people and they live in Weehawken. That whole bringing people <laughs> thing is so counterintuitive to what we do because we're not naturally Popular. Social. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like if you're good at stand-up, you probably the gr- don't the have great, a lot of people I mean, the horrible, the horrible truth about the good thing about bringers in New York now is that you can flyer to get stage time, which is still obnoxious, but at least you don't have to find 10 people who... From your desk job. From your desk job who are like, might come once... But they're not, I mean, they don't want to see you suffer through the beginning of your <laughs> career. Nobody should have to. A friend of mine started doing stand-up two years ago, and uh, he's a really old friend from college, and he just started doing stand-up. And so he records his first set at Open Mic, and he said, he emails me, he's like, hey, I did a set in Phoenix, and uh, and I recorded it, and I put it up on YouTube. <gasps> Oh. I, can you watch it and give me some feedback? And I was like, I'm going to do us both a favor and not and tell you to take it down and yeah. keep it from because 10 years from now, that's going to be painfully funny for you. But that is all. Yeah. Because your first set, I don't care. I wish I had my first set recorded, though. Yeah, I didn't record it. That would have been kind of cool. Like I'm, using your virginity, you have ah, that picture. Oh, in I don't head. want that recorded no, either. either. <laughs> that was that was a disappointment yeah. for everyone around. <laughs> just everyone to be able did to go their back best, and though. look at that. <laughs> everyone did their best. Yeah, I would right. Just like to say that. <laughs> we tried really hard. <laughs> you did what you could, sir, <laughs> to make it enjoyable. <laughs> oh no, it's so funny. I love the stories when people first like, kind of make that transition or move and. Um, what we do is you're going to comment on what like this. It's like two interviews weaved into one, right? So like, what we have is um, I don't know if you know Ryan Brooms, but he's uh, not offhand. Okay. Where, where is he a comic out of? Uh, here? Well, he lives here, but when he first moved here, we got the whole backstory on him, and he has a crazy history. I kind of right. blows my mind. He was a little drunk when he was telling us the stories, so right. there might be some like I don't know. He might have heightened it. It's, some of it was for the. For the... It's so wackadoo that like I'm like oh maybe I don't did know did he save everyone's life in 9-11 yeah Probably right not. no maybe not. not that okay. crazy <laughs> <laughs> I love Ryan though he's awesome so Good. if you'll you'll meet him I'm now in. And he's in the Air Force he was in the Air Force you said right yeah he was in the military yeah. okay yeah because have you done any of those military tours yes it's I've only done two um but one but one was enough to tell me that if you're going to join the service Join the Air Force. They right. have all the air conditioning. Right. That's where they're and uh, the cleaner and the bathrooms, the better food. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's uh it's a sweet, sweet it's a sweeter <laughs> gig. Uh, I recommend the Air Force if you're gonna join. Right. No, you're totally right on that. So all right, let's start listening, Kat. Go ahead. Because like I got here, I lived with my cousin for maybe a month. And then after and she's that, she's like, "I don't know you." <laughs> the fuck out. Well, no, she I'm was she really nice. 
but obviously it's it's like somebody living in your apartment for free. And when you play when you pay like she lived in Irvine, really nice place. When you pay like fifteen hundred dollars for an apartment, it should be yours. Right. You know? <laughs> it's it's one of those things where I was preventing certain things from happening. Even though I didn't want to. I was like, hey, if you have somebody coming over, I can sleep on the curb outside. I don't care. I'm fine was with it. Was that kind of like what but, would you do um, when you were sharing a one like a studio and you wanted to bring someone over with that girl? Oh, you know what? Um we were we're both uh, very Wisconsin, so uh, we did do it in front of each other. No, no, <laughs> no, no, completely the opposite. There's, There's none. some sort of Nordic, uh, very cold sort of figure it out. Go to his place, oh. and I think that's why I got the Oxo set in the end because she was like, I would like to get laid uh, uh, whenever I want to, and I found this apartment. And she's a really good friend of mine, and I was like, you are correct. We I need to <laughs> get my own apartment, and so it was great. It took her three years though. She's she'd been keeping that like I well, really want to get laid. Well, I think she would go over to his place, and she had a boyfriend, and and so they she spent a fair amount of time at his place, and and uh, but you know, our place was cleaner, our place was nicer. So yep. So yeah, she's like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm ready to bring him over here. Now, now. I'm ready for us. Possibly, she said the next person I want to live with is going to be either my boyfriend or my husband. So I think we're done. And uh, and I said, <laughs> so fair funny. enough. When I first moved out, I lived in a studio. Ralphie and I moved into a studio apartment. And uh, well, he was already living in it. And he had a friend of his come out from Houston and was staying with him. He had a number of people come in and out of that place. But um, that guy's girlfriend at the time came out and they in Ralph was like, well, you can't fool around in my apartment. And right. he let him use his car. And they ended up fucking in his car. Cause, <laughs> and they left the it's here's another condom reference, because when I came back out, I found a condom wrapper well, at least in everyone's the car. having safe sex yeah jesus christ police your <laughs> but, brass but it was like ew dude like you used his car man that's so like rude you know when i stayed at the friend's house uh with my uh with my boyfriend at the time now my husband and we could not find the condom and because they were very funny because they were like you can have sex in our guest room knock yourself out we're can we listen and i was like well, now you've made yeah. it weird. And, uh, but we did, they were gone for the night. And so we did make love. And it was, um, we couldn't find the condom. And then a week later, my friend <laughs> calls me. She's like, so you guys did it, right? And I was like, Jesus, where was it? She was like, it was behind the bed. It was gross. And I said, I am so sorry. Uh, I owe you a very fancy dinner because it's disgusting. And she was like, that's fine. I don't care. We're lesbians. We never, uh, and it was my, they were my friend. You know, She's like, we never find one of those. We never find condoms. It's kind of exciting. <laughs> I was like, how's your dental dam situation? She's like, stop talking. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, what else does he have to say? <laughs> um, I joined the Air Force because they were only in service that didn't want me. Like, I was really fat in high school. I was like 300 pounds. I was only 5'6 at the time. And um, That's a big now. kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went to, like, the Navy... And they were like, it's fine, you can lose weight in basic. And then I went to the Marines, and they were like, it's fine, we'll make you lose weight in basic. We'll take you. I went to the Army, <laughs> and they were like, it's fine, you just need to lose weight in basic. And then I went to the Air Force, and he was like, man, kid, we have a waiting list. You need to lose at least 80 pounds before you even come, like, try to test to see if you can get a job in the Air Force. Because they didn't want me, like my entire life is like operated off of spite. It's like you tell me I can, I will, and that's what happened. I was like, all right, fine. So, is he an alcoholic? 
<laughs> it's a, it's like in a very alcoholic kind of thinking where he's just like, oh, yeah, I'll show you. I will. Scroll. You tell me I can't fuck my life up. I can fuck my life up. Watch me do it. And so that's funny. That's uh, so. So he must have lost the weight, right? Yeah, to get into the yeah yeah yeah, and I mean he's he's a bigger boy now again, but I mean yeah, he apparently got quite in shape, which is part of his journey out to L.A., which is interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's a there's a gym in the valley called Nerd Strong. Have you heard of that? Mm-mm. It's uh it's hilarious. You, you can it's for nerds and dorks and geeks and whatever, um, to work out, and they also have board games and D and D that you can play. Like oh. they have it's it's pretty. You know, but there's also gym equipment, and you're supposed to, and it's sort of a safe space for, for dorks who want to just kind of get in shape. What what kind of like do they have classes? That... Uh, they might. I don't know. Uh, if I worked out at all, that'd be where I'd go. <laughs> right, because you can. But I can out. play board games uh, just in my house because my husband's a video game designer. So <laughs> well, a lot of video games now you can like we are actually active. Sure, sure. So I don't could... play any of that. No, That's I don't. You just sit I'm, still. I'm interested. I'm very interested in just strong tapping, thumbs tapping on my iPad <laughs> and finding hidden objects. He and... designs video games. Yeah, yeah, and and board games and any game at all. He, everything's a game. Oh, that's smart. I get a t- I get a text message from like the grocery store and it'd be like, the UI is broken here. I'm going to be late. Uh, the user interface. He's talking about the line situation. <laughs> it's completely hilarious. <laughs> the line in the store is the user interface. That it, that would be the user interface. That would be the game mechanic of going to a grocery store is trying to navigate the grocery store. Oh, the and nerd gym up, sounds perfect. And the nerd gym. Yeah, nerd strong. So that's awesome. Maybe this guy might like nerd strong, except for if he was in the Air Force, he might be a cool guy. But they'd have to tell him you can't get in shape there's no way and then right, right. I, you're not welcome and then he'd be like well that's here it. i come he, exactly i'm gonna convert uh, to judaism you're not nerdy and, enough <laughs> and all of a sudden be that guy so i worked at mcdonald's at the time and while working at mcdonald's like a reverse jared <laughs> again, i i lost all that weight in like easy insert pedophile joke <laughs> reverse jared he only slept with adult women <laughs> <laughs> the worst. That's a good one. That's really good. Reverse Jared. And I mean, I looked terrible, like a flying squirrel, sort of, because like it was just like a lot of weight to lose really fast, and I wasn't doing it the right way and building muscle. I was just losing all my weight. But I stepped in. I tested really high to the point where I could have gotten any job I wanted. Wait, classic comic. I'm sure he's really a nice guy and very. But whenever anybody ever says, "Yeah, I could have got any job I wanted," it makes you just want to go. Really? Are you? Could you've gotten any job? Could you be an astronaut or uh, I don't know, a scientist? And right. So I just um, there's there's a because I am super arrogant. <laughs> I am enormously arrogant and certain that I'm the smartest person in the room all the time, which is charming, by the way. <laughs> who, who wants to hang out with that? And so whenever I see it in someone else, I'm like, oh, that's what that sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> I might want to get job. my shit together <laughs> and uh, and realize that eh, math isn't my strong suit. I, I could I have had lost. any job I wanted, and instead I drive from city to city and I sling dick jokes. Exactly. But I could have done anything. Could have been life. anything. Could have been a contender, you guys. I yeah. could have been a boxer. Could have been a firefighter. Could have been an astronaut. Could nope. have been Bill Gates. And I instead decided to do colleges. And, <laughs> <laughs> there was no incentive other than getting into the military that did it for you. That was it. That wasn't like for pussy. Oh, yeah. No, no. Well, I mean, no, because pussy had covered because I was on the cheerleading team. Oh, okay. 
So you were able to get girls. So you're a popular guy. Hey, you were girl. just heavy. Hey, girl. No, I wasn't popular. Like, I joined I joined the cheerleading team because somebody told me not to. It's my junior year. <laughs> um, this is all about doing things that people tell you not to. I think that's what this is about yeah, now. So you have a laundry list of things that people told you not to do that you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, it's, it gets pretty bad. Um <laughs> Are you like ever I like that, Jackie, in any way? Where you just if somebody tells you you can't, you're like, "Fuck you! This is exactly what I'm going to do." Is that I used to be like that a lot, and then, you know, and it, it, it's not a bad motivation to go. Well, you're you're clearly you know the th- what it it stems from. You're a piece of shit. You know, it stems from people telling you you can't do things, and it's a defense mechanism to go. I am not a piece of shit. I can do whatever I want to do, but I will say this: is that and it is, you know, I was thinking about low self-esteem recently and how much self-absorption it takes to continue to have low self-esteem well into your 30s. Because you have to only think about yourself. If you have low self-esteem in your 30s, you're just like, I hate myself so bad. I hate myself. I'm the worst. And you're like, if you stop thinking about yourself, you might feel better about yourself. Look outside a little bit and, you know, try to help someone else. <laughs> Or try to listen to someone else's problems or try to, you know, get out of your own head and you would have better self-esteem because the self-absorption of constantly thinking about yourself as a piece of shit is ex- – think of It's how, the opposite of – It's, it's – yeah. think of how much real estate in your brain you could free up if you weren't constantly thinking about yourself. <laughs> Even if you're thinking about yourself as a hunk of junk, if you could think of yourself – you know, there's some – there's like – you know, we live here, uh, Los Angeles, full of a lot of hippie skippy and you know things that can. And I love that stuff, man. I will do. I will do a self help book in a heartbeat. And there's one of those books has this thing where, for a month, you have to say four hundred times a day in your own head, "I love and approve of myself." Try to say it four hundred times a day Ew. for a for thirty days. Here's the weird thing about it: if you do it, and and I would do it in bursts of like tens. I love and approve of myself. I love and approve of myself. I love and approve of myself. I love it. And I count them on my hand. And whenever you have a negative thought in your head, that would trigger me to go, I love and approve of myself. I love and approve of myself. And so it makes you aware how often you think negatively about yourself because you're doing this weird workbook thing where you're supposed to not hate yourself. But you still get to think about yourself. It's like Weight Watchers where you get to obsess about food. But you don't get to eat any of it because mm. you have to write down everything you eat in Weight Watchers. Uh, you just, you know, you can you can obsess about what the next thing you're going to eat and how you're going to work do a workaround uh, to get to the next piece of food. So with the negative thought stuff, you it comes up and you're like, oh, I oh, I had a negative thought. You still get to think about yourself, but you have to turn it around and think something positive. And so. But it eventually, if you think too positively about yourself, it's obnoxious. Nobody wants to, you know, like I, I meet people in Los Angeles who are like, everything I touch turns to gold. It is, uh, it's a curse, really. And you're like, well, you're, I'm done talking to you. I don't know how to talk to that. And, but there's, I mean, and we're all self-absorbed. I mean, I work on beca- being a good friend almost all the time because I'm I'm self-absorbed. It's almost my the the shield is almost complete. Tink. Yeah. And uh, to try to get through I I try, I have to remember to listen to people. I have to remember to be available to people I love. 
I love and they are my friends. And you know that the line of friendship where you're friendly and then there's that spot in the middle where you're listening and responding and you're supportive and you're hearing and you're not just judging. And I'm sorry, what did you say? Exactly. <laughs> oh, okay. And then there's the creepy, this part <laughs> over here, too far on the line graph where, uh, you know, you're going through people's garbage and you're obsessed with them. And uh, that's not a friend. <laughs> that is also creepy. So I try to stay in the middle, but I'm not, go- I'm not great at the middle. But I'm better at the middle than I was, let's say, 10 years ago or 30 years ago, right? It's just it's this huge journey where where I forget what the question the self, is. <laughs> we just, it was a huge journey. That's what it oh, was. What, it was the thing is, is is when you're challenged by by someone saying you can't do that. Yes, yes, I have always risen to that. But I also I also it's tempered now with well, don't tell me you should you know like you couldn't eat that entire pot Rice Krispie bar. You know, I mean, you're like, I, yes, I can. Watch yes, me. I Watch me, ask can. <laughs> I will. And then I will three days later be in a coma. <laughs> so because you never know what the dosage is in edibles. OK, so <laughs> that's funny. I don't the, uh, the sense of the lecture series. I went off on a weird <laughs> a rabbit. I, I know it was good. I like it. All I, right. Yeah. I, I'm never going to tell you you can't do something now. Right. Well, and the thing is, is, is you can tell me now, and I, and I'm like, yeah, you're right. I can't. I do can't that. do it. You're right. Like <laughs> I want to take skateboard lessons, uh-huh. and my husband's like, you're gonna break a hip. This may not be the. This may not be the year. This may not be the life cycle where you learn how to skateboard, because <laughs> not uh, during this life. Not during this life, because maybe my if motor you go skills, to the nerd gym. Maybe if I go to the nerd gym, yeah. and maybe they have, I could drop in. I'm I pretty could, sure. That's all I want to do. I just want to drop in one time. I, I also know. want to dress like Missy Elliott. You, you, you can dress like Missy Elliott and go ride your skateboard. I firmly believe in that. Okay. So, See, you're, you got but my if back. I tell you you can't, but does that mean you'll go do it? Or if I tell you you can, will you go do it? Which way does it work better for you? Because I believe you can. I actually, in the last, I would say, 10 years, have become so sane that I don't need anyone to actually tell me I can or can't do it. You just want to do it, you do it. Right. I just do. I I literally, it's like, you know, there's a certain point in your life where Christmas comes around and they're like, well, what do you want for Christmas? And I'm like, well, I have a job. I've purchased everything I I need. I don't know. uh, A book? That, and then you're like, well, I have to pick the book because I don't want to read some weirdo book. I just buy it for that, myself. Right. Well, and it's so with that's where I'm at with with people telling me what I can and can't do. I'm like, no, I'm pretty pretty aware of my own limitations at this late date. I'm good. Why I'm envious you, of your sanity. What if you said to yourself 400 times a day, I'm a skateboarder <laughs> just like Missy Elliott? Oh, maybe yeah. I could. I like I could that. Do that. That's I'm not, a believer in that. Like in, in that rep, rep, affirmation-y rep, yeah. repetition stuff. Sure. And like the law of attraction stuff. Sure. Right. Like I'm kind of into that. I, I don't make mind fun that. Of it. I make fun of it and I believe it at the same time. Me but too. Me too. I think if you... I would, I would say 400 times a day, <laughs> I'm a skateboarder who can drop in one time just like Missy Elliott. Yep. Bam. Bam. Mm-hmm. And all then right. all of a sudden... I'm hanging out with uh, Tony Hawk yeah. or that uh, Rodriguez kid. <laughs> it's all, all up right. to you. All right. I'm in. Or you're a giant piece of shit. I don't know. <laughs> One way or the other. It's, it's all. It all comes the same. <laughs> it's all full circle. We're, we're all going to die. All right. Let's go back to Brian. <laughs> exactly. Bury me head first in the sand and paint my feet with honey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to hear about what it's like to be a male stripper and what... That entail. Oh my god! Yeah, I we went for that. that. He was also a male stripper. Yeah, yeah. He was, he got in really good shape, and then he got to use his body for you know. But did he all. have surgery? Because he said he was like a bat. No, he just muscled up. 
You know, I think he said he lost the weight really quick because he didn't do it right by building yeah. muscle. And then he got in the military, right? He was in the Air Force and he muscled out. And I guess he filled They have that. ice cream machines in the Air Force. I, oh, my do. God. They those soft serve <laughs> machines. That isn't right. Okay. It was different. Like, I worked as a personal trainer in a gym. Hmm. Like at the, hold on. Does that mean, like, hold on. Before you go on, my first question right out the gate. Do you have a big I'm dong? Eating, and by the way, I was just thinking of pizza. So <laughs> have, like, they have I, to like get a little bit yeah, I, I blood was, down I'm, there. And... It's it's weird to explain. Um, I did well. I was I was very well. Of course you did. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, every every such job, an asshole, he's gonna meet me and go, "Hey, why are you such a fucking heckler <laughs> on my life choices?" And I'm like, "I don't I don't know." But you're right. You pointed out at the beginning that every job he's gonna do as good as possible. He's gonna, so he's gonna be the best stripper there's ever been. Well, and or at With least the, really good at it. Yeah. He's really and and I'm I bet he was. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. That's the other thing too. Is if you think you're gonna be good at something, it helps you be better at it. That's you know? true. All right. <laughs> um, but like it was it was just like a very odd situation for me like at the time I was also like very low body fat and stuff so like it was as as huge and long as it could ever be because there's no fat carding it yeah there's yeah there's there's no buffer zone is he talking about pluck. his penis yeah it was like there was there was no cheese in these veins you know what I mean like it was just like when the when the blood was going somewhere it was going somewhere it was fucked up <laughs> and it was uh it was an interesting time. <laughs> exactly. so you'd be excited on stage. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I've not heard a lot of guys discuss their own equipment quite so. It's usually more ironic. It's mostly more in passing, kind of like, "No, I'm fine. No, it's all right, Donna. It's all right." So there's not a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> let's, I don't, do you know Chad Daniels? No. He's I a great, he's an amazing comic, and he tells this story about how his son is about 15 or 16, and he goes into his son's bathroom in their house, and there's a ruler in his son's bathroom. <laughs> and 15 minutes later, when he stops laughing, he knocks on his son's door, who's 16, and he goes, knock, 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 and his son's 16, so he goes, yeah, what? And, uh, and he goes, Hey, I found a ruler in your bathroom. What do you? What's going on? And there's a silence. <laughs> and then his son goes, "I wasn't. There was nothing. No." <laughs> he said. He said. So his son couldn't finish two sentences, and then he clearly fell off a cliff. Uh, no. <laughs> he didn't and, respond. There's no cheese in these veins, Dad. He did not. He did not. I guess he said something like, well, "I was doing math on the toilet. I was doing math while in the toilet." And. Uh, <laughs> Chad said that he's chaddaniels.com. Anyway, uh, but Chad uh, Chad said, was the answer four, five, or six? <gasps> That's hilarious. <laughs> his son's just horrified. Right. Which I did. I don't. I think that's on his last album. See, Chad Daniels. I had, I'm sorry that I told somebody else's joke. Oh no, it's hilarious. So great. I, it'd be funny if he had like marked it, <laughs> like the ruler. Oh, like he was growing. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> At plod, which point? Plotting right. his growth. Is 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 Ryan about to tell us how long his penis is? Um, I mean, I think we we end up with cheese in the veins. But okay. I think that I think that it's, if you're a male stripper, you have to be endowed. You right? have to be endowed. They're not going to let you. I would I would imagine that in order to be hired, because you're wearing a a thong and then nothing, right? right. Do they strip all the way down to? No- I I opened once for the Thunder from Down Under, in Las Vegas. Right. Uh, we shared a, a a dressing room. It's a lot of perfume, a lot of perfume, <laughs> because they were sweaty as all hell because they were dancing like crazy, and weirdly enough, they would get laid in between shows. 
Oh. Oh. Yeah. And all straight. I think all the guys were straight. Wow. And uh, But they would totally just get laid from these bachelorette parties. Yeah, these women and would just get crazy. They would lose their tiny lizard minds and uh, <laughs> then jump on these dudes. And then, and I was like, he smells like Axe. A lot of Axe body spray is happening here. Hard not to be excited. Women are like wanting to touch it. Well, too, right? no. See, that's the thing about male strippers that you don't know. This is not like Magic Mike. It's a lot more dudes than there are women. Really? Absolutely. I've only been to one of those places. It was in Vegas. See, yeah. That's, and it was a big. Yeah. So it doesn't count. It's it Vegas. Doesn't count. Yeah. And I mean, like, so seriously, guys like, are coming in. Where was it? Dance. Where's the club? You said uh, a minute Springfield. ago. In Springfield. Okay, so it's like, oh, he's saying guys yeah. are coming. It was, uh, it was so like men are coming in to see this. Inten- intense yeah. amounts of men. <laughs> like, that's why I stopped. Like, like some people were really good at it. Like there was dudes there that had families. Are you and giving children. like lap dances to? Yeah, whoever pays for it. And you sit there and you like, you know, do whatever. Obviously, you're comfortable with. There's a security guard watching the cameras. Hopefully, but like that's the thing is like, uh, would most- guys go like you know in strip clubs with women they. You can pay for it. Things and you know, it's the, Same with the guys. champagne lounger. It's real. If they're yeah. willing to do it, they'll do it. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Is I knew guys that were like manly men in a certain way where they like they never looked like I was the only one that looked like a man at the time because I had a man body, but the rest of them were what they would call like twinks, I guess, in the industry, where they kinda looked more in that like little boy, sleek, slick college look or younger. And so people would like pay a lot for whatever they were willing to do. And there was this one dude who had a whole family, and he would make about three grand a night just pulling tricks. Who yeah. books that? Do you think that's a triple run or yellow? <laughs> who's who's got? Uh, oh my gosh! Did you do a lot of triple runs? I never did triple because oh. I, I was Midwest, so I did Yoder. Oh. It was Yoder and Hanson and um, Muller. I did like four or five triple runs when yep. I first moved out here. Well, they're they're, they're great. They're great for yeah. if you want to do time and you want to learn how to do thirty minutes yeah. and uh, and then. All you need is a car because he right. needs people to drive headliners around. <laughs> it's like, because did you start doing stand up here or no? Uh, no, but when I moved here, I, I did. Where'd you start? Houston. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah with Kennison and those guys back in the a thousand years ago. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I didn't start with them, but yeah. No. But yeah, Houston's a good town for comedy. But yeah, those triple runs are definitely the, um, I mean, great gigs, but they're the, they're the equivalent of this of the stick bar right much, right, right it's like character it's, it's character building yep. work it's uh <laughs> yeah. and you know the the arc of stand-up comedy is much like the movie the wrestler we'll all be back doing triple runs uh, oh. when we're in our 60s if, oh. uh, <laughs> disappointed but oh the voices in my head are not staying positive <laughs> now thank you jackie yeah i mean there's like there's some people that belittle the that you know people who come up in la they're like oh they don't know how to do the road they don't know how to do long t- sets they don't know how to do this and the the things that you learn just by doing stand up just in L A or just in New it's York it's so different. You yeah. learn you write such different material, yeah, and you grow in a different way. And it's kind of I mean, if you're lucky, you can do all of them, right? And then mm-hmm. and then you can be kind of a well rounded comic. That's and that's how did that's we get me. onto this from him swinging his dick in a gay bar? Uh, I think we were talking oh. about how 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 Struve was gig. like uh, was was a hell gig. <laughs> so what what we decided is is in order to be a well well rounded entertainer, you need to swing dick in the middle of nowhere for well, people who don't appreciate it. Uh, here's my suggestion: is when you go to the Middle East, bring a guy uh, with a swinging dick in front of you, cause just to clear brush. There you go. Because <laughs> you always need a guy if you ever go to the Middle East. And then you're well rounded. And then you're well rounded. And then BJ's. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> Jackie. You're- <laughs> You're awesome. 
Thank it's you. I so had a lovely fun. time. Surely. Okay, so all we have yeah. time for then yeah. is to is to pie you. Are you down right. for that? I uh, I meant to bring my seltzer squirter, but yes. Okay. Pie me. Because I I don't understand. The pie went away, and it's so awesome to put a pie <laughs> in someone's face or to have a pie put yeah. in your face, and only the coolest, baldiest people will accept the pie. Is what I, I will noticed. Wouldn't a you pie? agree, Kat? It's always Definitely. like a. I think it's like a rite of passage. So I think it's really funny to watch that happen to somebody else. <laughs> Just like getting a pie. Just like getting a pie. Let's do so a pie. Let's do it. Let's do it. Jackie, where can people find you? Oh, um, I have a podcast on allthingscomedy.com called The Dork Forest, where people dork out about stuff. Last week it was Will Wheaton, Dork Luminary. Can I dork out with you? You I'm can. Oh, to- my God. You can totally dork out. Okay. With, everybody's welcome to dork out with me, ah, including sound guy. Do it, Aaron. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, yeah, everybody, uh, Jackie at JackieCation.com if you want to be on the dork forest. But yeah, it's just, um, yeah, people dork out, like Will Wheaton dorked out about how to make beer for oh, 32 cool. minutes. And then Bru- Proops, uh, Greg Proops has been on a bunch of times. One time he talked about the history of baseball. One time he talked about um, movies of the 1970s. So it could be anything. It could be comic books and video games and, and science fiction, but it could also be bees and model trains. I so it's super fun. So if you go to dorkforest.com or jackiecation.com, you can Instagram, Twitter at jackiecation. K A S H I A N. Okay, cool. Jackie Cation. You can find me, Lana Turner, L A H N A Turner, T U R N E R. I'm going to have a new website in a couple of weeks. I'm super excited. Oh, I'm going to dork out about that. And, um, and yeah, just uh, check me online, follow me on Twitter, and definitely download, subscribe, rate us high, rate us high, and keep coming back and listening to more Perfect Ten. Thanks, guys. Thank you, thank you for listening to Perfect Ten. Tune in next week when we'll do it again. Hit up Facebook and Twitter and tell all of your friends and... Well, you get the idea. Subscribe. Visit our page on iTunes. Leave us plenty of comments and a high rating. Check out our website at perfect10pod.com. We'll see you next week. Suckers.